Hello, everyone. This is Brad Thomas with The Ground Up, and today we're back again for another uh, CEO interview. And today I'm joined with Jay Hatfield. Jay is the CEO and portfolio manager for two different um, products, ETF products. One is called PFFR. That's the ticker symbol. One is PFFA. And uh, Jay, uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Brad, for having me on your program. Appreciate it. You bet. Listen, uh, before we get into the products, let's talk high level. I know, uh, obviously, you're uh, very involved in the preferred space, which has been a really important um, asset class, or I should say sub-asset sub class within the REIT space, uh, all certainly income-focused. So for those uh, investors and listeners out there uh, and viewers, uh, tell us a little bit more about why the investors should own preferred shares uh, versus, say, common equity shares? <clears throat> well, there's um, preferreds are, are a sort of a hybrid between common stock and bonds. And for that reason, I think they're extremely attractive if you select the issuers correctly. So, um, so the bonds of REITs don't really give you material, very good um, upside or even income. They usually yield, particularly in this environment, kind of 2 to 4%. So you're getting um, what uh, Leanne Cooperman calls a, a, ri a, risk, a return-free risk. So you take a lot of interest rate risk and not a lot of, um, of potential upside. But with the preferreds, um, particularly ones that are on the cusp of investment grade or double B plus, you get a lot of, um, of income. So sort of five to eight to 9% income. So you're not taking a lot of interest rate risk. And if you do it, if you invest in the companies that are high quality publicly traded REITs, they, they need to defend their, their um, ratings. So they'll issue equity, they'll cut their dividend. We saw that during the downturn, a lot of dividend cuts, but not the preferred cuts. So we favor the preferreds of liquid listed high quality companies that want to defend their, their credit ratings. A lot of junk or high yield bonds or private companies. So they have no incentive to defend their credit rate. In fact, they have incentive to pull money out. So we think it's an attractive full cycle um, security. They do tend to, um, because they're publicly traded and owned by retail, get dumped during recession. So we think it's a great opportunity um, while the market's stabilizing, the, the economy stabilizing to buy the REITs at a discount. Because normally, and normally, um, in the mid-cycle, you won't be able to buy them at significant discounts to par, which is usually $25. Yep. And um, so within the, within the REIT sector, uh, there are a number of, 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 of sectors, property sectors, that have uh, really been beaten down. And mm -hmm. some of those, like, for example, in the hotel space, in the lodging space, the office space, uh, as well as the mall space. So would, are you still investing in those property sectors in the preferred? And if so, uh, why are you doing that? Well, the, the thing about <clears throat> that can be interesting or surprising, I guess, about REIT preferreds is you may want to own the preferred of a REIT that you don't want to own the common of. So, um, but, and also there can be, you can be in sectors that at first blush are unattractive like the hotel sector, but if it's extremely well capitalized, um, hotel company that can be attractive. So, and in fact, you know, it's this isn't the first cycle we've ever had in hotel in the hotel industry. So most of them are extremely well capitalized. So they assume there's going to be a horrible recession. They have hundreds of millions of, of actual cash rooms. 
and then have liquidity. So we do like the less levered uh, hotel read preferreds and also with less corporate debt so that and more project level or or secured debt so that if they can, if there is an asset that has trouble, they can let that go. That can be good for the for the preferred holders. The area that we don't like for preferreds are our department store anchored mall REITs. And the reason for that is, well, first of all, there's been bankruptcy, there have been big bankruptcies of, of, of the department stores. And then there's a provision for those malls uh, called co-tenancy agreements. So when the anchor goes down or goes dark, then they have to make payments to everyone else. So it's not like a strip mall where the Walmart goes out of business, then the McDonald's keeps paying. So we don't like those businesses. And um, those are not, the um, Simon is well capitalized, but a lot of the mall REITs are not well capitalized because they've been under pressure for a long time. So we would tend to avoid those because what, what you don't want to do, it's okay to be invest in dip, what I call depressed preferreds. In other words, their price is down, but you don't want to be in distressed preferreds where there's a lot of corporate debt coming due and there might be a bankruptcy. Um, so like CBL is a mall REIT that we've been avoiding the preferred up for a long time and they filed. So, um, so that's the one area where um, you not only have a, a stressed business model, but high leverage. So that's the one area. And there's a few um, hotel REITs that we'd also would avoid. But otherwise, the, um, the sector's done well. And the fact that they have modest leverage, which, which is a great thing about REITs, unlike private real estate, um, it's a good full cycle investment. Yeah. So I want to ask you, we just covered, uh, we just wrote on uh, two, two, uh, um, two REITs uh, that have a lot of preferred uh, within their capital stack, and that's public storage and PSB. And PSB is interesting, especially, I like the common, uh, obviously it's been sold off a lot, that business model being kind of a you know, middle market landlord and flex and office and all that. So they do have that retail exposure. So we know the risk there on the equity side, but they, they obviously have a, they basically have zero debt this time. They, they've got nothing out on the revolver. So uh, it's just all preferreds in common, but, uh, but just from a yield perspective, you know, how do you, how do you kind of, what do you think about when you look at those companies like public storage or PSB who offer lower yields, obviously they have strong, you know, A-rated balance sheets, um, but would you buy those at such a low yield today versus some of the more attractive higher yielding preferreds. We would we would actually avoid those type of preferreds right now. Those would be, of course, ideal going into the recession. <clears throat> so they're investment grade. Mm -hmm. And so what there you're closer to the um, <clears throat> you know to the return free risk. And we and if you listen actually to Bullard, you know, one of the Fed governors yesterday, um, he was pretty bullish about them driving inflation higher. And I've had that view for for at least the last couple of months. And so a lot of people are like, well, wait a minute, they're going to keep rates low. But they don't distinguish between short rates and long rates. They are going to drive long rates higher. If inflation, yeah. if they drive inflation at 2.5%, the 10-year is not going to be at 0.6. Yeah. So investment-grade bonds are like 50%, 60% sensitive to treasuries in terms of the returns, with non-investment-grade are zero or negatively correlated and correlated to the stock market. So we would favor you know, the double B credits that, um, which is most of, of both portfolios, we're getting paid that six, seven, eight. So you're gonna have no 
interest rate risk, you have stock market risk. So stock market crashes, you should be aware it's going to go down. But we think the Fed has our back and we're bullish about the fact that we're um, figuring out how to deal with this COVID virus on the treatment side, on the on uh, testing, tracing, and then ultimately a vaccine. So we're pretty bullish we'll be out of the pandemic from an economic perspective by the first quarter. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you may necessarily want to run out if you're vulnerable, run out to a AMC theater. But in terms of managing the economic impact, we think that's going to occur um, by the first quarter. So if we're correct about that, these securities are trading below par, should trade closer to par. But unfortunately, particularly new issues from public storage, they think they just issued something sub four that could easily be off two or three dollars. So we think it's, in fact, if you have an all investment grade portfolio, we think it's important to add either high yield or double B preferreds. So something is going up while the rest of it's getting smoked. Because yeah. if, yeah. if the treasury, the 10 year goes to two, that's probably going to be the biggest crash ever at investment grade credit because we've never had a pandemic before. Yeah. So we've been, that's kind of our core message on the, on the um, income investing side is to um, be cautious about investment grade, or if you have it, to, to sub in some non-investment grade to balance your portfolio. Right. Really to, as, a, as a hedge uh, to avoid that potential shellacking of IG credit. Great. Well, Jay, if, if the, uh, so you've got two different uh, funds. You've got the PFFR, which is a pure real estate fund, PFFA, which has a, kind of a mixed bag. Can you talk about each of those, I guess, starting with PFFR, which is the more conservative, I guess, uh, uh, real estate, pure play real estate. Right. Yeah, so that's um, an index fund. So it tracks an index of all the um, listed and liquid REIT uh, preferreds, and it's market weighted. So you're going to get more of the um, public storages and the large issuers. But on average, it yields 6.6. .6. So in, an up, in a rising uh, bond market uh, interest rate environment, it would still do well. Um, it's a little bit defensive because some of those larger cap, you know, liquid issues. Um, it does have mortgage REITs in it, which have actually done well. I mean, they did terribly, but everybody kind of panicked and sold them. But um, they've all come back and the credits are all good. But yet there's some upside to those. And the and most important thing, though, there's two things about preferreds that you really have to manage them actively. One is they're callable at par. So we have a 3% minimum yield to call. So it automatically sells the securities trading above par and unattractive. And then we, as the manager, do monitor the credits. So I'd mentioned CBL. We had had CBL out of that for two or three years. And we've eliminated a couple mall REITs and a, one hotel REIT preferreds. Not that we're sure that they won't make it, but we don't want to do distressed. We want to do high quality companies that can support the preferred. Um, so that's that's the um, PFFR uh, uh, security. And then PFFA is the, you've got around 40% real estate and the mix. Can you talk about a little bit about that? that yeah, so it's well diversified. Some of the, if you just buy the, an average um, index fund, you get 65% financials, which we think is unattractive because a lot of those are have very low yields or negative yield to calls. So we only have 25% financials and about 20% utilities, about 10% industrials and, as, and good exposure to real estate, all um, asset intensive companies, good to great credits, large liquid issuers, so good credits. The fund has been, um, you know, was uh, impacted by COVID. So the stocks, all the preferred stocks traded down, but they're almost all ca current cash pay. 
Um, so they've, they've come through the cycle, but yet they're still down. So we think it's attractive to add. Um, obviously, you know, they do have beta to the market. The market's probably going to be volatile through the election. So can dollar cost average into both funds. But um, we do think that that these, these preferred and REITs for that matter, obviously, are full cycle security. So if you add them at this point in the cycle, you're probably going to have huge returns when we come out of the cycle. And that's really where we got most of our capital is buying depressed uh, REIT preferred, you know, 708 at five, six, seven dollars a share, and they all traded back and forth. Great. Last question I want to ask you. I, I uh, had one of my analysts recently write an article on Hersha HT, I think the Series C preferred. Uh, obviously, you know, this is volatile sector, volatile times in lodging. What do you think about the uh, Hersha preferred? Well, those are those are in the sort of high risk category. So, in a publicly traded mutual fund, we might avoid those. They're probably we you know, we think that they can make it, but they do have a lot of corporate debt. So that's it's kind of dependent on a more bull case about the virus, which we we are very bullish about the virus. Mm -hmm. We think people, in fact, have ignored monoclonal antibodies, which can be used as a temporary vaccine, and are reading out now. They just announced one last week. So since we're so bullish about the recovery, um, particularly um, in two, early 2021, I think Herschel will make it. So you kind of get that five bagger return, you know, huge return if that's true. But right now, in terms of our public funds, we're kind of more. We own the ones that are 20 going to 25, not the ones that are, you know, 10 going to 25. Yeah. Um, but like I said, if you share our view about this recovery then they'll make it, if it gets stretched out, then because they have that corporate debt coming due, that that would, could potentially be an issue for them. Yeah, no, I, I agree. We're uh, we're forming our own rising from the ashes portfolio, the Phoenix portfolio. And I think that is uh, certainly one of the candidates we're looking at very closely. Like I said, maybe it might be that five bagger uh, if you've got the patience. Right, I mean, I would compare it to like Entertainment Properties Trust. Yeah. You know, they'll be great if we have a vaccine and, the, and COVID's over. And they'll otherwise they'll get by, but it's certainly in the higher risk category. Yeah, great. We'd like the preferred, but the common is in that category. Right, exactly. Well, Jay, listen, I, I wanted to thank you for uh, for jumping in today and talking to us about preferreds. It is a very attractive asset class for our subscribers and, and viewers here. So thank you for uh, your expertise and joining us today. Great. Thanks, Brad, for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Take care. Talk soon. Bye-bye.